theyeshiva.net. You're asking if Hakobadir Shemayim Chutzmir Shemayim, how does it uh, work with this? I don't think here it's a contradiction because what he's talking about here is, like the Gemara says, he brings from the Gemara, Shahari Yaisi, that the Yitzhahara was given to a person by Hashem. So it's like a noichi eridim chametzraim of a noichi alcha gamalai. That means that the ability for a person to fall, to make mistakes, the kulalma is part of the divine plan. You understand? Kabbalah Shemayim Chutzmir Shemayim means every moment I have to make a choice. But the reason I have to make a choice is because there's two choices. Ubacharta. Reina sati lefanecha. Right? I've given you two paths, like Moshe Rabbeinu says, Reina sati lefanecha. There's derech hachayim, and there's derech hatoiv, there's derech hamovas, there's derech hera. Ubacharta bachayim. I have to say, choose life. In other words, I've placed before you Reina sati lefanecha shtei drachim. So that's the Ikhah that he's talking about. That right. That mean that means that that means that's that that's part of the possibilities. It's one of the equations that a person is going to. I think that's the main focus. You understand? You understand what I'm saying? Okay. Good morning, everybody. We'll continue. We'll finish the Maimah we started last week by Aloyscha. This is the last piece that we didn't finish yet. Page 65. Lamed Gimel, column 1. So we learned that Vezeb Maisah Menorah Mikshazov Adirechat Pircha That for a person to become a Menorah there's the element of Miksha which he said is hammering out the gold confusing its original form which is the idea of challenging a person's Midas and not remaining stuck in my original form and format. Zohov, which he explained at length, is the concept of war, fire, Yiris Hashem. Adirechat Percha refers to every type of Jew. Yirecha is all the way on the bottom, the base of the Menorah Percha, is the flowers on the top, and Percha from the word Perachas, the Deterra and the Tfila soars. It soars because it has wings. And all of them are included in the Menorah. But the person has to have Zahav Tahir, pure gold. If the gold is mixed in with other elements, it's, it's, uh, the color changes. Like the Gemara says, Simon Laveda, and Masachas Shabbos, Simon Laveda Hadraikan. There's a greenish, a gre- greenness that comes into the Zahav if it changes a color. The, and the Balatanya says that means in a person to get rid of all the sediments, all the toxicity, the negativity, which he calls surmeira. How? So he went into a whole arichis, a whole length, relatively lengthy discussion. The person to believe that every morning is a new morning. Lahamin baboiker chadashim labkarim. To believe that every morning is a new morning, every day is a new day. In other words, not just that it's a new day, everybody knows it's a new day, but that the world is created anew. It's recreated from nothing to something. 
It means there's new possibilities, new energy, new resources, the ability to be able to say goodbye to the old and embrace the new. That requires already a deep awareness. And not only the world, we're talking about also the person himself, not just the world at large, the cosmos, the universe, but he also. In other words, to be able to experience himself as Adam Arishan, the way Adam felt the first day that he was created, there was something fresh about it. It was like, uh, <laughs> it's a new slate, a new start. It's uh, This is it. This is it. This is the beginning. And that includes every single person. It's also the centrality of the person. How dignified, how valuable the person is. Like Adam. Adam couldn't... Uh, Dismiss himself as, you know, a garnished, a shmat. What I do, it doesn't make a difference. What does it? It's all you. You're, you're, you're at the center of creation. Either you're going to advance it, or you're going to, uh, move it in the other direction. But it's basically you. Bishvili, nivra oilam. The, the, there's something tremendous at stake in your life, in your avoid. That's how a person should feel. Every morning. And that creates perspective, he says. Also, you see even with your eyes, he said, with the physical sense, the transformation from night into day. It's not just every day, it's looking at every day, looking at the transformation from night to day, creates the avarachaka. The Yet the greatest challenge to this is that people feel stuck. That's what he says. The greatest challenge. Person feels that this is true about everybody else besides me. Why? Because some things are so rooted, as he puts it, nishtarish. Some things are so rooted and they're so entrenched. They're entrenched in me. As he says, al a person shouldn't say, shenimna etzloi. For him it's impossible. To separate himself from toxicity or negativity or addictions or habits or cravings or attitudes. Taivus is a big word and Ra is a big word, but it includes the whole umbrella of anything that... Uh, so a person says, I'm different because I can't separate myself from all of these uh, habits or attitudes that are deeply entrenched. So he says, that's why there's the whole section of davening where we address this. Emes mimitzrayim galtonu Hashem alakeinu umebeis avadim pedisonu kalbchereim harakta uvecharecha Yisrael gaalto. What's pshat? It's not just we're saying it's true that it happened. Emes, it's true. It's not fiction. At this point of davening, you should hope that the person thinks it happened. <laughs> He already said in Kishma, Ni Hashem Alekechem, By the way, it's Emes. Rather, Mitzrayim was called Erva Sa'aretz. The Torah calls it Erva Sa'aretz, the nakedness of the land. Meaning, as Rashi says, that it's it was morally depraved. You see even what they did to the Jewish people. What does this mean that a person is in Mitzrayim? Not just geographically the Jews were in Mitzrayim, as he calls it, Hadibuk Betaivus. When somebody is is deeply connected, 
not just connected in a superficial way, but really they feel, they feel tied up by their taivas in their thoughts. It's not just in actions, it begins in thoughts. Not only that, he says sometimes a person could feel that the brokenness of the toxicity encompasses him fully, and like in Mitzrayim, you couldn't get out, you can't get out. You can't divert your mind from it. He says that's the real Mitzrayim that a person can't escape from, only Berats and Hashem. There was no way even a slave could leave Egypt. And sometimes a person is in that state. They feel like in that state. And as he puts it, the Navi says, women have ruled over us. And it's called women. He says, because sometimes it's permissible. And sometimes it's things, different types of addictions and cravings that are forbidden. At that moment, you have to be able to know Mitzrayim Galtonu. Taka, you on your own, you can't. You have to be able to surrender to the fact that uh, I may not have control. I, on my own, may not have control. It's fascinating because today this is considered the first step of recovery is when you could surrender and say that I uh, I don't have control. So he says, Mamash, that's uh, the first Nekudah here. That Hakadosh Baruch Hu mitzrayim in Mitzrayim. He has to know that Hashem takes him out of Mitzrayim. To go a step deeper, he says, because the real question a person asks ask himself is, "Vikumtetz Mitzrayim? How does he even come there? He's a child. Bonim lamakim. May ayin yava isha yisrael lebchinas Mitzrayim. How does a Jew come to Mitzrayim? Bonim lamakim. He's a child of Hashem. The nature of a child is that a child is always connected to its source. A child is connected to a father and a mother. Innately, that's who the child is. A child is innately connected to parents. The nature of a child is that he wants to be close to his parents, or she wants to be. The nature of a Jew is, the nature is to do the will of their father in heaven. So how does a Jew end up in Mitzrayim? It's completely alien, you don't belong there. It's not connected to you, it's not your place. The answer is, that also comes from Hashem. Like the Gemara says, Hashem on the Pasuk Hashem I have afflicted, I have done the Ra, that Hashem puts in the Yetzirah to a person, just like the original Golis Mitzrayim, ultimately came through his plan, through a lot of Gilgulim, a lot of reincarnations and cycles and journeys and winding roads. But at the end, through all of the different Gilgulim, the different situations and circumstances, they ended up in Mitzrayim. That's collectively, but individually it's the same thing. Yeah, you end up, you ended up because of this reason, that reason, that reason. But ultimately the reason is because God wanted you, gave the power that a person should end up in Mitzrayim. So you say, but um, how do I come there? The answer is, that's a chilek of banam lamakam. Now that's a very, very powerful idea because if anybody looks at their life, they see they ended up in different situations because of, I made this choice and I made that choice and I made this mistake and I made that mistake. If I could only rewind the tape recorder of my life, you know, when I was 10 and when I was 6 and when I was 11, when I was 16, 21, 24. We all do that. And there's, of course, a truth to that because that's how life develops. But he says, but ultimately... The Jews also had reasons they ended up in Mitzrayim. I said, with Yosef and the hunger, and they came down, and whatever. It was a whole, you know, it didn't just uh, abracadabra, you're in Egypt. There were a lot of Gilgulim. But he says, ultimately, ultimately, it's because that's where they had to be. 
That was part of their journey. So a Jew has to know the fact that I could end up here after everything said and done, it's not a steerage to my being a child of Hashem. It's not a contradiction. Suddenly I lost that status. No, that's me'ita yizbarach also. That also comes ultimately from him. The way the way it actually happens in life is through this one, that one, that one. But ultimately it comes from him. That means that uh, over there I'm also a child. And if that's the case... It means there's no such a thing that it's an irreversible situation. There's no trauma in the world. There's no addiction in the world. There's no situation in the world where a person could say, I'm lost. I'm stuck. How do I even end up there? That's the biggest question. How do you end up there? And the answer is, it's part of your divine mission. And if it's part of your divine mission, then you're not stuck. You're on a journey. And that's why the Pasuk in Yermia says, I have planted you as a beautiful vineyard. All of you remains a seed of truth. So the way it's usually interpreted is, that was the plan. I planted you as a beautiful vineyard, and look what happened. Yermia was uh, rebuking the Jewish people. But he says there's something deeper. Sometimes you look at yourself and you look like a Sidek. Sidek can also be pronounced as a Shuruk. You're a crooked. You're a crooked line. When a person falls down, they're not straight anymore. They're crooked. Akmumius. It's like a Shuruk. Sidek is the same letters like Shuruk. Shuruk is the, 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 the kuda, the vowel of, of three, three points. But they're not straight. They're crooked. Diagonal. Bakmumis. He says that's when a person falls down, person falls down in all types of cravings and habits and aspirations and proclivities that are unhealthy, unwholesome, addictions and so forth. Nonetheless, even at that moment, he says, there's a noichi, I'm, I'm the one who planted you. And therefore all of you remains a seed of truth. And because it's a seed of truth, at any moment you can change and turn the shuruk into a segel. You reformat that very same energy into a segel, which means zgula, a treasure, treasure, zgula mekolam. Just like originally by Mitzrayim, it says, Anoichi eridim cha Mitzrayim, of Anoichi el chagamala. I come, I'm coming down with you, and I'm going to go up with you. And the reason he says Anoichi is, it's me myself, Anoichi misha Anoichi. Me myself and my essence, even beyond names. Anoichi is beyond names. Me, myself, I'm coming down with you. And I'm going up with you. So it's not two separate things. It's because I'm coming down with you completely. Therefore, I'm also coming up with you. Because I'm there. So here too, Anoichi. The question is I planted you in a way that you could become a shuruk. And therefore, at any moment, you could transform the shuruk into a segel. And that very same... <laughs> Energy can be morphed, can be metamorphosized, can be transformed from shuruk into segel. And that's why he says, even the gams of life, the osos, the extras, should also have an aliyah. That's what we're saying in davening. That the person is always in a state of the Navi, says, always in a state that he could connect with emes. And therefore, if you're always in that state, so even if the person looks at themselves, and what do they see? 
they see garbage, they see filth, they see trash, they see dysfunction, they see problems, because this person is stuck all the way in Mitzrayim. But he has to remember, how did he even end up there? Ultimately only as a mission, as a messenger, as an ambassador. That's not his or her natural place. If it's not your natural place, it's not your ultimate destiny. Now, of course, if the person would be able to feel this fully, he wouldn't be in that Mitzrayim. That's why he said in the beginning there has to be an element of of uh, of Lahaman to appreciate who he is. So there's no such a thing, I am destined to be a Shurik. No, no. From the Shurik, you can always make a segel. And the Pshat is, you don't get rid of the Shurik, you transform the Shurik. That's the difference. You don't get rid of it, you transform the formation. In other words, the very trauma, the very Mitzrayim, the very, the very challenge, the very obstacle will become a catalyst, a springboard that will catapult you. This was catapult meant. Huh? When the Romans and the Greeks fought wars, yeah, they would have these catapults. They would <laughs> use it for their weapons, for rocks and spears, catapulted to the enemy. So the very, the very tension, the very shuruk catapults it, 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 um, it becomes the springboard, the yiridetzer chaliyah that lifts the person to, to a different place. It creates an awareness. It creates a depth. The transformation of negative energy into positive energy creates an energy that positive energy on its own can't have. That's something else. There's a Pasuk in Kehelis, Shlema Melech says, I've seen that there's an advantage to wisdom over stupidity, like flight over darkness. Shlomo Melech is the only one who knows that light is better than darkness and wisdom is better than stupidity. So in today's world, yeah. Smart people can be very stupid. But that's what the Zoyz I saw that it's wisdom is better than stupidity, than folly, foolishness. Like light is better than darkness. <laughs> who disagrees? That's what the Zoya asks on the Pasuk in Kehels. It's the Pshat. The Balatanya brings the Pshat is, It's not, there's an advantage to wisdom over stupidity. Yeah, that, that, Baruch Hashem. There's some people who agree to Shloim, and not everybody, but there's an advantage to light over darkness. That's why we put on the light. That's why we appreciate sunrise. We thank for it. Light over darkness, and it's not just the physical light, the physical light, but light, vision over blindness. There's a tremendous superiority to when it comes from, from the transformation of folly. The air that comes from the chayshach, from the transformation of darkness. The segel that comes from the shuruk. That's a whole different, uh, it creates a whole different energy. So therefore, in every situation, you could say, MS. I'm in Mitzrayim, but there's still a Nakud of MS. Anoichi erdim cha Mitzrayim. The Anoichi didn't leave. You're part of the Anoichi. Bodem atem l'asham That didn't stop. 
What's Pshat Geuli says? That Hashem should become a Lekenu. A Lekenu, which means our consciousness. It's not just Mitzrayim generally, but it's means a person who's a slave. What are you a slave to? He says, you're Meshubed Lataivis. You're a slave to your own cravings. Pidisanu, he liberated us. What's the, how does that happen? You remember, what's Pchair? Pchair is the firstborn. What does that represent in a person's life? It represents the first glimmers of awareness. Chachma is called Pchair. Reishis, Chachma. Chachma is called Reishis. Awareness is always the beginning of everything. means for there to be able to be Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, the person always has to allow the Pchayre Mitzrayim to fall, to fall down from their state. It says, Spiritual death is when a person falls down from their Madrege, it's a form of death. The Pchayre Mitzrayim, which means the awareness that's based on Mitzrayim, the Pchayrim that are produced by Mitzrayim, the type of awareness, the type of Seichel that comes, it's... It's the mindset of Mitzrayim that a person has to be able to allow to die. And it's the mindset of Yisrael, as he puts it, the mindset of Elikus, of infinity, of godliness, that has to be able to be redeemed. And that ultimately is what allows Geul on all levels. It always begins of how a person thinks about things, how a person is aware of things, the mindset of a person. It is a Mitzrayim mindset that the person stubbornly clings to his own addictive or Mitzrayim-like mindset and he will not get out of it, and it becomes a vicious cycle because everything follows. We don't always realize how deep that Pchayr is. That Pchayr could be conscious, that Pchayr could sometimes be unconscious, but it's always deracious. You always got to nip the bud, you know, you got to go back and nip the bud because if you're not ready to do that, then it becomes just a domino effect of what your Pchayr looks like. They say an Alta Maisa that there was a Yid who was uh, a Chelem a Yid, a Yid from Chelem in Poland, and he decided to go to Warsha. He wanted to explore the big city. See, Warsaw is the big city in Poland. He went to Warsaw. So he started to travel by foot, and it was a long Mahalach, and it was a wintry uh, season. So the earth mostly was mamish mud, no paved roads. So it was a very, very difficult journey. At some point in the road, he sees some metal, metal uh, planks and beams in the length that are covering the road. And he said, oh, a Mechaye, he could walk on them and that will protect his feet somewhat from the quagmire and the dirt and the mud and the filth and the, he was getting wet. So he starts walking on these uh, metal pieces. Good, wonderful, the journey is now much more delightful. And suddenly he hears from him, back of him, some noise, a noise, a squeak. So he turns around and he sees from far, he sees from far something moving as a, with a little light and it's making a squeak. Okay. Doesn't know what it is. He continues to walk. He hears the noise, gets louder and louder, the squeak, it's louder. Turns around, he sees something getting a little closer. 
continues walking, and suddenly does he hear noise with beeps and noises and the pressure and the intensity is so powerful. He flies off the tracks, the poor guy. He ends up in a ditch. He's maimed. He's bleeding. (laughs) A Jew sees another Jew in a ditch. He comes running. He picks him up. He says, he says, this, this thing blew me away. Let me take you to my house. I live here. He takes this house. Gives him a change of clothing. Puts him relaxed. I'm going to make you a nice cup of tea so you could, you could relax. And he takes a kettle. He puts in water, puts it on the fire. And uh, he puts on the fire. A few minutes later, says, yeah. so this Jew, the guest who was wounded, sees a bat. He takes a bat. He goes over the kettle and he starts whamming it, whamming it. Until the whole thing is splintered, and the whole house is now filled with uh, shirayim of this uh, of this poor kettle. The man, the host, says, "What? What are you doing, Vastusto?" So he says, "Listen, I have experience. You have to get these things when they're young and small, <laughs> because afterwards, once they grow into monsters, you're done. You're dead. Okay, I have experience." So. Uh, I said this at a bar mitzvah, you know, you gotta get them when they're young and they're small. Don't wait till later. But it's true in our, the Vart, it's an anecdote, but the Vart is true in Avaidis Hashem. Kolb Chorayim Harakta. There's always the, the genesis. The monsters don't grow out of vacuum. There's always the genesis of it. Once it's already, I'm in Mitzrayim, I don't go back to the Bchor. That's why there's no Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim until Makas Pcheres. And we sometimes make this mistake. You can have nine Makas. <laughs> the water can turn into blood. Everything, you could see that Mitzrayim is a corrupt place. There's nothing there. But Pare will still not send out people. The Pare in me will not let me go out. Why? Somehow I could still remain there. Makas Pcheres. That changed everything. So the way we look at it is because it was a blow that Pare couldn't deal with. The economy was shot, Mela. People were killed, Mela, but Pari was still Pari. Makas Pcheris, it was a tremendous blow. On a deeper level, though, we have here the Nakuda. what is Makas Pcheris? Makas Pcheris is not Stam, will kill more people in Mitzrayim. Makas Pcheris represents the death of the original glimmers of awareness that produced the whole Mitzrayim mindset, and everything comes from that. If that pchur can go, and the pchur of Yisrael can be liberated and emerge, it's thinking in a different way. It's 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 setting down your seichel in a different way. Then everything changes. Now he continues writer. So what's the exercise of this? What's the practical exercise from this? Practical exercise is that the next time people ask me to give exercises at the shiurim, to give practical exercises for people to do, it shouldn't remain abstract. So the truth is from this maimah there's a hundred exercises, but uh, at least one. This nakud is a very, very, I think, very powerful idea. Next time you find yourself overcome with a tremendous intense emotion that you're not very proud of, yeah, a lot of anger or frustration or 
or depression or addiction, whatever it may be, everybody knows in their own life, you know, in the morning or middle of the day or at night or late at night, whether it's relative to yourself vis-a-vis something you're involved in or relative to your spouse or, or your children or at work, whatever it may be, it's, you're really ticked off. You're really ticked off. To be able not to deny it, that's, that's where I am, that's where I am. But to be able to, uh, as they say, take a deep breath, or maybe ten deep breaths, and allow yourself to experience what is the original awareness that is producing all of this. There's no emotion that doesn't come from an awareness. <laughs> There's nothing that you say or don't say that gets me angry. It's my interpretation of what you said. Two people could say the same thing, exactly the same thing. One person loses it, and the other person retains their equilibrium. It's not what you said or what you did. It's how I processed what you said and what you did. Your wife could tell you one thing and the same thing at another time. One time you lose it. Internally I'm talking about. I know that you're all menschlich and you don't show it. But inside, Meret, inside. Inside you don't know if you're coming or you're going. And another time, it's completely fine. There's Albevert, it's the same words. It wasn't the words. It was who I was at the time. Because what you say something is processed. It's processed by me. It's never about what the other person said. It's what I heard. And what I hear is based on who I am. And who I am is based on who I think who I am. <laughs> right? It's not who I am, it's who I think who I am. If you can go back to that you'll become a very uh, enlightened human being. You'll become self-aware. And that's the gift that allows all redemption to happen. That awareness then allows me to choose. It allows me to see things. And if a person doesn't do this, I can remain crippled for 40, 50 years, and I'm justified. In my eyes, I'm always justified. You're the culprit. I'm the good one. Look what she said. She said it again. Another person wouldn't understand it. But for me, it's triggering tremendous stuff. If I'm traumatized by something, right? Every time I hear this line, the trauma comes up again. I'm not in control anymore. I'm not going to say that to myself because I want to look at myself as an intelligent person. So I'll blame you. If only you could change, if only you could be normal, if only you could respect me, if only you could like me, if only you could cherish me, if only you could this, everything would be would be different. Now, this doesn't mean the other person also doesn't have to work on themselves. We're not saying that. Sometimes, uh, you know, in <laughs> ve'hagefen, be in ve'hagefen. They're both, uh, they're both soydiks. They're both, uh, they're both soydiks. They're both shuriks. <laughs> they also, that's not the word. It's not here. It doesn't mean the other person is atzad the gubber and you're always guilty. Don't hear that. That's not what he's saying. It means you're always empowered. You're never a complete victim. Because your awareness, ultimately, nobody can control. So you're always empowered. Sometimes other people make mistakes also. That has to be dealt with. But you're not just in this uh, victimhood state at the mercy of everybody else who's crazy and you're the only, uh, you know, you're the last normal person walking. <laughs> Somebody, I once saw an anecdote that there was this fellow, he turned 90. So... Uh, <laughs> He turned 90. So his wife says, what do you want for a birthday gift? He says, you know, I never drove before. I think at the age of 90, it's time to drive. Great. 
He practices, he gets some lessons, gets a license. She leases him a most beautiful car. And out he goes on his, uh, you know, bon voyage, on his, uh, <laughs> on his first journey to be able to explore the world. Okay. He's on the highway. He gets a call. Of course, a, a car today has to come with a phone. So he has a phone. He's driving. He feels that on the I-95, there's one car driving in the opposite direction. Is that you? Is that you? I knew this was a horrible idea. He says, one car driving in the opposite direction? All the cars are driving in the opposite direction besides me. All the cars are driving in the opposite direction. So, as funny as it is, that's how a lot of people live. They don't say it because it doesn't sound good. But Bipnimius, you know, everybody is guilty and I'm the victim. That's a chilek of all of this. So you always have to be able to go back to the b'chayr. Makas b'chayrus. Kol b'chayreya marakta. B'chayrcha Yisrael ga'alta. The b'chayr of Yisrael needs a ge'ula. And the b'chayr of Mitzrayim needs to allow, allowed to fall down. That's how he teaches harakta. Allowed, allowed to fall down. So now let's continue inside. The line is, Rifidosay Zav. It's almost at the end of the Maimir. I don't know, like 10 lines in the bottom. The line starts, Rifidosay Zav. You see, Lamed Gimel, column one. He's in the middle of a long sentence here. What's Pcharicha Yisrael? It's a Seichel of Alakus. The Seichel of Mitzrayim is that he has, everything has to be according to his understanding. That he clings to. And Pcharicha Yisrael is a Seichel of Alakus. And he says that's what davening is to be able to be aware of Gdullah Saint Saif Baruchu. The whole davening is to substitute Pcharicha Mitzrayim with Pcharicha Yisrael. The perspective of life from a divine vantage point. Rifidosay Zahav. In Zohar it says there's four sections of Tfila, Mita, Menoira, Kisei, Shulchan. There's the table, there's the throne, there's cheer, there's the candelabra, there's the Mita, there's the bed, four sections of davening. Told Shmaina Esra, which is Mita, the place of intimacy, of union between the husband and the wife. It doesn't get in here to all the four sections, but his point is back to the word Rifidosay Zahav. The bed, the bed is made of, of gold. Ga'alta. This type of awareness you have redeemed. Shalayiya Derech Mikra. The davening and the awareness of it shouldn't be of some Mikra. Mikra means a coincidence. In other words, once in a while, every Jew has a good davening. Once in a while it happens. You know what I mean? They say even a broken clock, twice a day, it's right. Yeah, once in a while you have a bizarre. He says, but that means the person is still not in control of their life. It shouldn't be just a coincidence. Once in a while you have an awareness. And the main thing is machmas minias. Because there's so many menias. Menias means there's so many things that stop us. Chazau golos This is still, I'm in a state of exile. It, by coincidence, you know, I daven there, I daven there, something comes in. Avol, tia ha-gu'ula v'cheres m'shibud A person has to make sure every morning that there's no force in the world that stops them from a genuine relationship during davening. And the biggest force is the Shibut HaParnosah. 
Shibut Tabarnasa includes all types of anxiety and stress and worries that people have about Parnasa. Parnasa both in the limited sense of making a living, paying bills. And Parnasa is generally all the needs of a person are included in the word Parnasa. And a person has all this stress and anxiety. And that keeps my mind stuck. And paradoxically, that only enforces the condition of Golis Mitzrayim. So you need Ga'alta, liberation. Without davening, a person can't be sermeda. A statement, a psagdin. Without a real davening, davening is like the fuel. It's the inspiration, it's the gas to give a person the empowerment that whatever comes up during the day, the person should be able to respond correctly. Because davening tries to create the mindset of redemption. The thinking in a redeemed way. You know, there's, there's thinking happiness. There's thinking positivity. There's how to think about yourself in a certain way. As he puts it here, a seichel of elakus. That is what allows the sur So in the beginning, on the top of the page, when he spoke about zav tar, pure gold without any ra. And he said, for this you have to believe like you're like other Mauritian, you were just created every morning. And even if you think you're entrenched in Mitzrayim, MS, that's what he finishes here. Without tefillah, a person can't be surmeira. In a consistent, perpetual, responsible way, because ultimately you need the gas, you need the, the inspiration. This is also the reason that they were masakin. Viduyim, viduyim means confessions. Every single day in davening. Which we call tachnon. What's the idea? L'cha'ira, you said I'm sorry yesterday. If you say I'm sorry again today. So he says, Shekoidim hatfila before davening, K'sheyizboinen shiflusei shubim mitzrayim. When a person, it says in Shulchan Aruch in Hilchis Tfilah, that before davening, I think it's Simen Sadik Ches in Erechayim, right? Before davening, Yizboinen b'shiflus ha'adam, or b'reimah mosakeil. It's a verdict, it's a psak in Shulchan Aruch. Before davening, a person should contemplate shiflus ha'adam, the possible uh, humbleness of a person, and God l'sakeil, the truth of God. So he says, when a person contemplates shiflusa, his humbleness, or I should say his lowliness, that he, he may be stuck in Egypt. But then he'll meditate. Sometimes you feel you're stuck in Egypt, and that's the hisbaininus. That's not enough. If you only think about how low you are, that's not enough. Some people are very good at that. He says you have to also think about the second part. Gdula Saint Saif Baruch Hu means the truth of God's infinity, which you're part of. <laughs> That's the word. God is big. Thank you. I'm small. He's big. No, no, no. <laughs> Was that help me? So he's big. I'm small. The kvetch is, as he said before, you're bonim You're part of that ain't That means even if you're in Egypt, who's in Egypt? Infinity is in Egypt. That means there's no trauma that can't be transformed. Don't tell me that you're a crooked, messed up case. It's infinity that's crooked and messed up. If it's infinity that's crooked and messed up, it can be transformed. It can be reversed. Never ever stuck. There's no such a thing stuck. 
Never. That's the second part of it. I have to know that I'm in Egypt. If I don't know my shiflos, if I think that Mitzrayim is Gula, then it's just denial. And denial is not only a river in Egypt. Right? The Hearst? It's also a river in Egypt. <laughs> but it's not only a river in Egypt. It's a river that flows in people's minds. And that's what we're talking about. That's the Egypt we're talking about. You can't be in denial, because if you're in denial, there's never liberation. So I have to know the shiflus, always. But I also have to know Gdullah Saint Saif Baruch that I'm part of. That's why it says in Shulchan Aruch, before davening is boinen b'shiflus ha'adam, in the lowliness of a person and the greatness of God. So on a literal level, it means you're pretty low and God is great. What does that do to me? <laughs> so now I'm going to daven. So God is great and I'm low. The vart is, if God is great, you're great. <laughs> God is great, thank you. That means you're great. That means your being in a state of shiftless is not inevitable. It's not an inherent destiny. A lot of times in the people grow up in yeshivas and, and, and Musr Shmuz and in this, they learn the first part about the shiflus, they don't learn about the second part. They, they'll hear, God is great. Okay, fine. So it means I'm more garbage. So therefore I should dive into the great one. And w- what, what happens with me in the process? Same Yeah. So that's the critical vart here. That I'm a bonim atom Hashem alekechem. How did I end up in Mitzrayim? Because anoichi, because the guy, because the ain't soif is there. If the ain't soif is there, then I'm not stuck. So he says, then yischaret bevadim in hara, and then the person feels remorse. This is not me. This is not me. I regret ra. What's that? I regret ra. I regret ra means, and I, it's not me. You know, if you have a beautiful garment, you're wearing a beautiful garment, and somebody pours chocolate uh, chocolate mousse cake on it and you look at it it's it's not suitable for this garment when a person appreciates who they are so when there's things that are alien to them they regret it that's it's not me i don't want it so the confession of davening is natural what's vidui vidui is basically i have remorse for the past and i want to change for the future this is what allows the person to become a menorah. One piece of pure gold, and that means from Yerech all the way to Pircha, from the bottom to the top, the person is a menorah. What's a menorah? As we said before, he's transformed or she is transformed into an ambassador of light, into somebody that brings light, somebody that becomes a source of light. But there's one more thing, finally, that's the Iker. Now this becomes a new Iker. What's the Iker? There has to be complete unity, complete Achdus, one with another. You shouldn't look and see and focus on the evil, on the negativity of his friend, etc., and of course, this comes back to the word miksha. There's no menorah if it's not made of one piece. If the menorah looks at the other part of the menorah and says, who are you? As we say in Yiddish, you're, uh, how do we translate that? 
you're not Mishaluna, you're not part of my group, then you're, not a, you're also not a Menorah. Because the whole Menorah is always mixture, it's made of one piece. So if I look at one piece of the Menorah and says, let's remember you come from a different stock, <laughs> then I'm also not a Menorah. Because the Menorah has to be mixture. It's an indispensable, tonight it's an indispensable condition. And he starts explaining, But Fart, how does this happen? What does it really mean to be in unity one with another? So it says, A person should know. So you could think, don't look at somebody else's negativity. What about don't look? And what if you see it? And what if you see it? So it could be, don't focus on it. Don't accentuate it. Don't turn it into, you know, the main thing. Layabit, layabit, habata means to look well. But really what he's saying is something much deeper. That's what he's going to explain. Behind the person has to know, Just like down here there's a menorah, up there there's also a menorah. Everything down here, physical, is a spiritual reality that comes into the physical. So there's also above a menorah. And like he said in the beginning of the Maimer, what's this menorah? Knesset Yisrael. Knesset Yisrael is called a menorah. V'zed var Hashem, el Zerubavil, the Aftar of Baloischa, that even if it's mixed up, Zera Adam v'zera Behema, all the Neshamas, the Kedushas, Klal, Neshamas, Yisrael, like we looked in the first chair of the Maimer, is a menorah. Yesh l'mayla menorah. Miksha. And it's made of one piece. What does this mean? Sha'elyin yeded l'mata v'atachten oil l'mayla. When you have a large, uh, what is it called, a big piece of, uh, ingot. A huge, massive ingot of gold. And now you hammer it out. What's going to happen? The part on the top, the, the high, the, the part of the gold, the layers of gold on the top will often go down, end up on the bottom. In other words, when you're looking at the menorah, which part of the gold did the menorah come from? The base? Which part of the gold did the branches come from? Which part of the gold did the flowers on top come from? Nobody's going to say, oh, it probably is. And the inget, that which was all the way on the bottom, probably ended up on the bottom of the menorah. And that which was all the way on the top, ended up on top of the That's not how it works. When you hammer out the gold, it becomes one big taruvas. That which is on the bottom can go up. That which is on the top can go down. It can also remain the same. But it's inevitable that it all gets mixed in. The alien and the tachten gets mixed. That which was on top gets up on the bottom. That which was on bottom goes on the top. What does this mean? Sometimes, the ra, ra is something negative, something broken, goes down below and enters into a person who you're going to look at this person and you'll say, a lot of not good in this person. Sometimes it's the opposite. The mitzvah that a person who you would consider Ra does sometimes goes up and is retrieved, this goes into another person. A person, when you're looking at somebody else, you have to be able to entertain the possibility that the flaw is actually in you. And the toiv that you have, the goodness that you have that you're so proud of, maybe it's actually from somebody else, it went up. 
and came into you, and the negativity you see in somebody else and others, maybe it's your own, and it went down. And then you can really have unity. The base, the lowest, and the flowers could really be one. Every person could see himself as the base and his colleague as the flower. And his friend could see the exact opposite. So to understand this section, I'll tell you a ma'isa about the Hiliket Sanzerov, the Divri Chaim, Reb Chaim Halberstam. I heard this story from his grandson. He actually recently passed away. Where I grew up, there was a shul a few, a few houses away called Beis David Gershon on New York Avenue near the 71st precinct. The rabbi of that shul, his name was Rabbi Chaim Rubin. He recently passed away a few months ago. Rabbi Chaim Rubin was a grandson. He was named after the Divrei Chaim, the Tzanzer of Rabbi Chaim Halberstam. His safest house of is Divrei Chaim, so he's known as the Divrei Chaim. And he told me once, it was Mitzray Shabbos, I went to Davin Meiriv there, Mincha Meiriv, and he said that tonight is the yardset of his grandfather, the Divrei Chaim. So he wants to tell me a story that he heard from his grandmother. And his grandmother, he told me, said it over from her grandmother, who heard it from the woman herself. That's what he told me. The Maisa goes like this. I've heard other versions of the story, but this is how I heard it from his grandson, Reb Chaim Rubin. But the Nikud in all the versions is the same. Reb Chaim Halberstam was one of the G'dayli Hadas, one of the great holy Jews of the generation. The Tzedah used to be then, you know, you were in yeshiva, you learned, and somebody would come and look for a chassan for his daughter. So the Divrei Chaim was in yeshiva, he was, I think, 14 or 15 years old. He was learning. He had a big mind and a luyasha cup. And uh, one of the big rabbanim in Poland was a Jew known as the Baruch Tam. There's a sefer called Charles Tshuvas, Baruch Tam. His name was Rabbi Tuumim, he was the Rav of Leipnik. It's known as the Baruch Tam. He had a daughter. And the daughter, I'm going to quote Rabbi Chaim Rubin, he says, the daughter was the nicest girl in all of Poland. Her name was Ruchel Feige. She says she was absolute beauty on, in within and without. And her father decided for his daughter he needs la creme de la creme, the best of the best. So he goes to the yeshivas, he goes to one of the big yeshivas in Poland. And he asked her, Shashiva, he needs the best bocha. Sigh in his heart and sigh in his mind. And he says, there's nobody like the, the Chaim Halberstam. You're not going to find somebody. He's the best. The Baruch Tam was a very well-known man. So he goes, he meets him. He sits down him. He speaks to him for two hours. Speaks to him for two hours. He's blown away. He's like, I can't get better than this. And uh, he goes home. <laughs> tells his wife, Mazel Tov. Tells his daughter, Mazel Tov, huh? if it was as simple. And... Uh, Mazel tov, we have a shidduch. Good. They would write letters to the mechaton to make a time for the wedding. You know, it was a little less complicated then. <laughs> a few weeks before the wedding, the wife of the Baruch Tam says, I'm, I'm not so with this. You meet somebody for two hours and you decide a shidduch doesn't work that way. You have to know more. Says Everybody says unbelievable things about him. I am not happy. And we have to see more. I want you to send two of the best Bachrim, two of your best Talmidim, to check him out and give us a second report. 
So the Baruch Tam, the future father-in-law, sends two of his students who are older to go check him out. They go, they come back, and they come into him and they say, he's an unbelievable person. But did you realize uh, his handicap? He said, I didn't see he has a handicap. You know that he's, uh, the Rechaim was, uh, was, um, he was somewhat lame. He was um, a little hunchback. <clears throat> he, had, he was an invalid in that sense. So Baruch Tam says, I didn't see because we he was sitting in Vesmedrish. We were speaking for two hours. I didn't see. Wife hears about it. She says, Rachel Fager is a tall, beautiful girl. It's not fair. And the Baruch Tam couldn't forgive himself. To break over the Shidduch, there was already, you know, Tanoyim with a pledge. You know, it wasn't a simple thing. On the other hand, he can't do this to his daughter. It's not fair. So he, he Mamish couldn't forgive himself. He, he was, he was also very big rav. So he felt that to break over the Shidduch would be very inappropriate. But it's not his daughter's fault. He's debating back and forth. It's already very close to the chasana. Yes, what do you do? Do you break over the shidduch or not? One day, there's a knock on the door, and a boy shows up. Who the chasan? And now he sees already how hard it is for him to walk. You know, he's bent out, bent, bent, and he right away says, "I know what you're thinking." When you saw me, you didn't see my uh, my blemish. So if you want, you have a full right to cancel everything because it's a mekachtoas. It's not uh, you're not doing anything wrong. You didn't know. Later, you found that I understand. Don't feel bad. I forgive you completely. No hard feelings, and you know if, <laughs> if I don't deserve this, I don't deserve this, and it's fine. So Baruch got so emotional to see, you know, the dignity of the boy, you know, he was just, he said, do whatever you have to do. So, you know, he hugged him and he brought him into the house. He says, one thing I do want to ask you. I want to meet my kala before we, uh, before we break up for good. I want to meet my kala. I want to see the person I was supposed to get married to. He says, fine. So he goes in with her to a room. And uh, there was a big mirror there. And they're talking, you know, it was obviously a little, uh, it was, you know, there was a sad component. And at some point, he tells her, let's go over to the mirror. Now, here we have to remember that by tzaddikim, big tzaddikim, the border between the physical world and the spiritual world is an easy border to pass, you know. By some of us, it's like the border between Israel and Syria. But uh, by some, it's like the border between, you know, America and Canada. You show a passport and you go in. And some, maybe there's no border even. I'm saying this as an introduction to understand this story. They go over to the mirror and they look in the mirror and she gives a scream. What does she see in the mirror? <laughs> in the mirror, she sees that he's erect. He's standing straight. And she's bent. She's like hunchback. She sort of, what is this voodoo black magic? He says, no, 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 calm down. I just want to tell you what happened. And then you'll make a decision. It's up to you. Before I was born, I wanted to know, who's my shidduch? Bas ploini, leploini. I wanted to know who's bas ploini. God says, listen, we don't start showing things 
around, you know, everybody's going to start making selections. I like this, I don't like this. Trust me, I know who belongs to whom. He says, you could trust me. I'm not going down if you don't show me who. So he showed me. He showed me my kala. I saw that it's a type of soul that's going to be born in a body that is, uh, that's going to be hunchback. So I said, I have a big favor to ask you. Since a husband and a wife are two halves of the same, it says plagufa, switch it around. For me, it's going to be much easier than for her. I'll be able to handle it. I'm fine. Switch. He says, we don't do it. I'm asking you, you want me to be born? Switch it around. I'll take it for her. Let her have the perfect physique. Fine. If that's what you want, that's what you want. And so I was born with this challenge. And the mirror, you saw the way... It was originally. So she comes out of the room and she says, Tata, Mama, Mazel Tov. He's my chassan. And the rest is history. And everybody knows, Rachel Fega was the first wife of the Tzanzerov. And he indeed had this, uh, this physical challenge. And he told me, Reb Chaim told me that when his grandmother told him the Maisa, she said that when her grandmother said the Maisa, that she heard from her mother, so he said his grandmother was weeping and weeping and weeping, so he also started to sob. Chaim Rubin also started to sob. Now, but what's the Havana here? What's the Havana here? That's what Miksha means. Miksha means, and this is not, it's not always easy to understand. I look at somebody, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a child, not even, he's not even talking about family, another Jew. And I see something that's really problematic. I can't always ignore it. Yeah, you can ignore things, but it's, but it's a reality. So you have to remember miksha. Miksha means today we're individuals. I am I, you are you. But Knesset Israel begins as one piece of gold. And the Eberstadt Oizga hammered. He hammered it out. Sometimes there's a piece on the top that ends up on the bottom. Sometimes there's a piece on the bottom that ends up on the top. What does this mean? It means that sometimes the goodness that I see in me, I'm looking at this and I'm so proud of it, it actually is yours. I, that person looks like on the bottom, in the hammering that went up to a person who sees himself on the top. And sometimes the other way around. The Ra that I'm seeing may actually be mine. I am on the top. Yeah, and the hammering out, it went down to the bottom. So the husband, let's talk in this story, the husband is looking at the wife, or the wife is looking at the husband, and you see a tremendous flaw, challenge your spouse has. It's very easy to get angry and vindictive. I need you, I need this. You should thank the stars, thank God that I chose this, that I'm asking to be with this. But let's remember, let's remember who's who, who's on top, who's on bottom. It could be that this challenge was yours, and your wife took it from you, or the other way around. So it's not, when are you going to become normal? <laughs> when are you finally going to become normal? 
It actually may be my issue that you're struggling with. So I'm looking at you like, fair, you idiot, you moron. No. He took a hit for me. What is it called? Took a, what's the expression? Huh? Took the bullets for me. It may be my issue that he's dealing with. So you say, come on, what am I, this, this, this idiot sitting over there, what's up this with me? I'm on top, he's on bottom. He says, ha-miksha. It's nishta poshat. So before you, doesn't mean that you have to start complimenting the ra. It just means instead of being vindictive and critical and alienating, we're, we're in this together. So the question is, how do we help each other overcome the challenge? That's a different question. There may be a challenge. How do we work together to overcome this challenge? But what I don't do is I don't alienate myself. Alienation, that's the opposite of mixture. Because when I alienate myself, I'm not alienating myself from the other person. I'm alienating myself from me. If one part of the menorah says, I'm also not a menorah. The menorah is miksha. You're not in touch with reality. So he says that sense of achtos is the real understanding that there's a deeper layer to life that we may not see immediately. I could look at the Ra in you and say, you know what? I'm not sure where that originated. And I could look at the Toiv in me and say, I'm not sure where this originated. And you could do exactly the same thing. On one level, I'm the flower and you're the base. And another level, I'm the base and you're the flower. And it's not a fake thing, you know, that I say it and you're saying it and we're nice to each other. It's a genuine idea. It's a genuine idea that there is a, a, uh, a mixture, a oneness, an integration, where on a conscious and an unconscious level, there's a lot of energy that flows in between ourselves. And that ability to be able to see that bigger picture allows people to be truly unified. That's the mixture, to be, to be truly as he puts it, the Baal Shem Tev once said, it says, why twice? You should rebuke, rebuke your fellow. So the Baal Shem Tev said, before there has to be before you rebuke, you have to rebuke one more person, yourself. Before one more person. You have to rebuke yourself always first. You have to ask yourself, am I rebuking you from a place of alienation or am I rebuking you from a place of connection? Am I part of it or it's just your problem? And we all know the difference. Try with your child one and try the other one. Try with your spouse one, try the other one. If it's, oh, when are you going to stop being a mashugana? Ich bin I'm always good, you're bad. The person won't listen, usually won't be effective. I always have to first rebuke myself and asking me, ask myself, where is this rebuke coming from? Is it coming from my own insecurities? Is it coming from my own issues? Is it coming from the fact that you're not living up to my expectations and it makes me feel horrible about myself? Which means I couldn't care less about you. I just need you to fit into my puzzles. I should feel good about myself, but it's really all about me. The effectiveness is going to be much less because you'll feel it. You're going to get defensive. If it's coming from a place of, of, of love and connection, and understanding, and even deeper what we're learning here is, understanding that I may be talking to you about things I really have to talk to me. 
And what this really, of course, means is that sometimes the best way to correct other people is by correcting yourself. Because they are projecting, they are projecting you. Imagine if we are, if there's like mirrors around me, you know, and I see something in the mirror and I start breaking the mirror. <laughs> this the mirror has all this dirt. No, no, instead of breaking the mirror, why don't you go to the bathroom and wash off your nose? And then the mirror will be beautiful. Very often in life, people are projecting us, even if we don't see it that way. So where's my main focus? My main focus, correct yourself, go to a deeper place. And a lot of interesting things will happen. That's the idea of miksha. Miksha achazav. It's not so easy to live this way. But it's a very powerful way of living. It's a very wholesome way. It's a very deep way. The main thing is it's true. It's true. Because we're not alienated. We are one. We are miksha. It's not the way, we're not disconnected. We are connected. We may like to feel we're disconnected because it's easier. But it's not true. It's like you're married, you say, I'm not really, you are. (laughs) I don't care what you feel like, you do care what I feel like. It's unnatural to say, of course you care, you have to work it out. Saying you don't care, all apathy is a form of fear. You know that, right? I can't deal with reality, so I become indifferent. You know when teenagers say, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. You know what that means, right? I don't care, I don't care. You know, when your four-year-old says, I don't care, I don't care, they stop making with their shoulders, what does it mean? They don't care. (laughs) They care too much. The only way of dealing with it is saying, I don't care. Of course you care. Huh? Whatever, whatever, whatever. When your wife picks up her hands and says, whatever, right? Not such a good sign. (laughs) Whatever, it means another hopeless conversation. And that also means that when you're having these conversations, you have to be able to look at each other. Because it's miksha. Don't run away from me. You don't have to run away. Now, if I could look at your ra and really believe that this may come from me, how am I going to speak to you about it? Very different. Very different. So Maisa with Rebzusha, right? You know the Maisa, yeah? You ever heard the Maisa? He was in an inn, yeah? And he used to see people. He started talking about himself. Everything that he needs to fix. So we look at it as he was a smart diplomat. No, no, no. He was, he was tuning into the sinyan. Okay, let's just finish the last words here. You see, this is how the Balshemtiv and his Talmidim, the Balatanya, all of them, they wanted Yidin to be. This is how they wanted. There's no coldness here. There's no alienation. There's no sense of superiority. This is how, this is the Tzemach Tzedek, the, 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 the fourth Lubav Shebe was the Maharash of Shmuel. He once asked his father Tzemach Tzedek, What did your grandfather, the Alter Rebbe, want? So he said he wanted that Chassidim should experience themselves like a Meshpacha, like family. They should feel family, we're talking in a functional, beautiful sense. They should feel this in other words, what they wanted is that Jews together should feel a oneness, should feel a varimkai towards each other, a, a miksha, a sense of miksha. Doesn't mean there's no criticism, it doesn't mean there's no chesroiness, doesn't mean you don't have to fix things, doesn't mean to be naive. We're not talking about naivete. But it means how you look at it. The sense of alienation, of holier than thou, I'm superior, is completely obliterated. It's a, 
You know, sometimes we in religious cultures you see it. There's one person is on the top, have you, other people on the bottom, and it's very clear. I'm on the top, you're on the bottom, and it's very clear. And the boundaries will not be crossed. You're a yerech, and I'm a perach. Du bist a terach, und er ist a perach, a parach. You're a yerech, and I'm a perach. And it's clear, very clear. And Alter Rebbe says, <laughs> You may be on the top now for a different reason completely. And he may be on the bottom for a different reason completely. Let's put it in perspective. And then you could fagin also another person's hatzlacha. It's not, uh, you could fagin, it's not like a, huh? Fagin. They don't have fagin in English. <laughs> You don't have fagin in English. Oh, now Aaron could come and do work. Now he could light the fire. If there's no minoyer miksha, he can't light. Once there's a miksha, now Aaron could come and he could light a fire. Yet can bren in a fire. Without this, you can't have a fire. Lahad l'keish b'chol hazayin neidus. Shehu koyin gadol. Rav chesed. Koyen Godel, Koyen is Chesed, Ba'ave, Levarich Amis, Tumecha Vurecha, Leish, Chasidecha. Koyen Godel is Rav Chesed, the great Chesed. Shekola Chasadim Boy. Rav Chesed means all the kindnesses in them. Yuchalaham Shech Meyavera, Belava Soilam. He could bring forth from the Avera, the highest love, Ava Soilam to the love in the world. To allow a Jew to be filled with love in a revealed way like a glowing fire. That's the Esh of the Menorah. Aaron lights up the light of love in every Jew. You always need the power of Chesed, the power of love, to light the fire in every Jew. After their amikshah, now they can light the fire. Have a wonderful day. There's a Moshe Weber, who's a group in Moshe, and he's a safer, you know, Moshe, so he brings out a parents on the Mahabit Shukh, the Mahabit Shukh, the Mahabit I was in the Shana for 21 years ago, and I Who says this? Yeah, Moshe Weber, he brings out this... From Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim, yeah. Say it, Shana. 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 Where is this? Where? I know him. I know him. Yeah, yeah, I know him. He was a Chabad scare. I don't know Abby Weinberg in the morning. So Abby used to live there, and so he got very close to him. He never had children, I think, right? And he was not here for Abby, a boy. He stayed in Abby and had to I know him. He was a bit the Hebrew Nayid. It's a beautiful Gavart, a beautiful Taich. Laishina. Lahagit Shmach Hishlan Shalashina. Zayagut. It's very Gishmak with this Maim here. Nudabaran. Beautiful, beautiful. Huh? Beautiful. What's, what's you ever hammered out a piece of gold? When you have to make from a, when you have to make 
from a Zohav, a Menoida, what do you think is going to happen? You think the part that's going to be on top is going to be on top? It's going to all get mixed. Imagine you have a huge piece of gold, you have to turn it into a candelabra. Yeah, it all gets, yeah. It's a meltdown. <laughs> oh, you have to melt it. You can't just chop it up. You can't just hammer it. You melt it. Once you melt it down, it all gets mixed. Oh, they melt it first? They I assume, no? Gold is soft. Gold is soft. Gold is malleable. Huh? Gold is very pliable. It's uh, not... I'm sure they warm it up, no? This is what you're talking about from the restaurant. Pleasure to have you. So this is what the Lukuti Maran says here. Kofiud, Lukuti Maran Tinyana. People are very confused. They're entrenched in their actions. They think they don't have Pchira. And it's not true. You do what you want. Yeah. Beautiful, right? Somebody asked Rabbi Nachman, how does Pchira work? He said, it's very simple. If you want, you do. If you don't want, you don't do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask these. I think these Gemara says that in the next world, people on the bottom are on the top. Yeah, yeah. Same vart, yeah, same vart. Yeah, Baba Basra, Baba Basra. The Gemara says there was a Jew named Yosef, the son of Rabbi Yeshua, I think, right? He fell ill, what we call a near-death experience, comatose. He came back, his father said, what did you see? He said, I saw a topsy-turvy world. Those who were at bottom here are above there. And those who are on top here are below there. Oilam hafuch. The alyoinim here are lamata, and the tachtoinim are lamayla. Same vart. In other words, when you go to a deeper place, when you look at the menorah lamayla, he says lamayla, it's miksha. And if it's miksha, when you hammer out the menorah, you melt down the gold, and you hammer it out, you, you redesign it, it all gets mixed, yeah. That's what he says, lamayla taka, the menorah lamayla, beautiful. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.